you failed yourself. It's the No Class Podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Matt. Hey, bud. How's it going? I'm going. It's going well. How are you? <laughs> really good. <laughs> so we have been discussing the most horrible, depressing of topics before we started today. That's how we figured we would get ourselves motivated for the podcast. But we are chock full of delicious sunburn barbecue. Ooh-wee. Which, interestingly enough, I usually get the uh, sliced brisket sandwich in case anybody is out there is Christmas shopping for me. Mm-hmm. But today I got the tacos, the brisket taco and the pulled pork tacos, and they were damn delicious. Dynamite. So, Oh, and we had some good nanner, nanner pudding. Um, nanner, nanner, nanner. It was nanner, good. Nanner. Oh, and the uh, green chili sausage was delicious. So perky. All right. All right, this is the point where we usually talk about the long con. What, what's the long con? I have no idea. It's just on my script. These guys pay me to talk about it. I know. You know, those are a great bunch of guys. Um, but uh, they can't be within a 1,000 feet of a school, but they're great guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have anything to say about it. It's mm-hmm. still on the horizon. It's mm-hmm. a coming. Badges are selling very well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. People seem like they're ready to come back to events. Yeah, and people are stepping up to run games. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, if nothing else, check out the schedule. Even mm. you, Ace, out there in jolly old England. Pip, pip. Check out the schedule. This is really impressive for us. Yeah, yeah. Because usually we don't get this much stuff in this early. Yeah. Usually it's got to get closer to October, and we have to start begging and crying and yeah. doing like a charity drive or something. Yeah. Well, Won't I'm you really... please just run one game? Yeah. Your running of one game could entertain hundreds of gamers. Yeah, we, we got... A really good uh, turnout from our uh, Dallas folks, which I always appreciate. I appreciate everybody, but I'm always, I, you know, it's kind of like, anyway, you know, we talked about it a million times. Why do we do, you know, Long Con? Was, it's great to see and hang out and spend time with our friends that we normally would only see once a year. We get to see them at least one more time, which is just great. And, you know, it's good to see uh, Adrian and Jonathan from over in Shreveport or whatever and our Dallas friends. So that's cool. It's always it's good to see everybody. See, see everybody. Everybody. Yep. All right. And I guess one more thing that we can talk about right at the top, because I was thinking about Long Con merch. Uh-huh. We've got some hats now. We've got big plans mm-hmm. for some new shirts. Mm-hmm. You can get your podcast shirt now. And it is sexy AF. And we just invested quite a bit of money in Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Mm-hmm. We bought a ton of those books. Yeah. So if you haven't been able to get your hot little hands on them, now you've got a local source. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and farm them out to some of the local uh, game shops around here, too. But if mm-hmm. you want one and you don't want to pay shipping and handling and all that, just track us down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have them at the con. Yep. We'll have them at the club. And mm-hmm. most likely we'll have a few in our trucks as we're driving around town which like the, the ice cream man. Which the game club is back in, up and running again as well. Game yeah. club's back. All right. The nameless. So that's that's cool. Yep. News. Yep. Yep. A lot of fun. But definitely we love uh, the game. And uh, Mike was gracious enough to hook us up with 50 copies. One million. But anyway. So. But they're extremely rare and hard to get your hands on. They, so buy now. They absolutely now, are. Now, now. Th- these might be the last copies on earth. It could be. But I've, I've missed running games uh, out and about. Road crewing, so to speak. Yep. And so it's going to be fun getting back to that. And we're going to be running that around. 
I have thought about, like I was running all the board games up at Geek World for a while, is mm-hmm. running a bunch of different systems of RPG. Oh, you should mention that. But yeah, I'll get to I'm that. A funny later. guy. You are very. Okay. Well, I don't know that we've got a topic for today until Matt surprises us at the end Tee-hee. with our with our question, but there is no official topic for today. I hope you enjoyed our talk about the video games of D&D. Mm-hmm. I did. That's the important thing. Right. Do you want to know who our top listener is? Who's our top listener? Who listens to this podcast more than anybody because I can see those stats. Who? Are you worried? Not at all. You should be. Oh, really? You have become the number one listener of this podcast. Well, I listen to it when I work out. I sound on my You're voice. working out all the time then. I am. I, literally, I am, by the way. You're actually, you're number one on, I don't know how it determines, but uh-huh. you're number one. Robert Vegeta is number two. Oh, so he's still listening. Good. Yep. And then our friend who is now Loop, wink, wink, is in the number three slot. So you're oh. our favorite people. Cool. But Matt's overtaking you. Well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> it is. Th- thanks for putting it's, that out there, buddy. It's pathetic. Thanks for putting that out there. Um, but it's kind of like, I don't know, uh, sometimes when I've listened to something like, oh, well, you know, we, we were going to come back and address that thing, and we never did. So it gives me ideas for things we could. Well, you should be making notes on that. You know, maybe I am. Then we could have a, a, a whole episode off the leftovers. Absolutely. But I'm so tickled to hear Robert's still listening, and uh, we miss you, Robert. Come back. Yeah, I shot him a message the other day, and he didn't feel like replying, so yeah, we'll he see. He doesn't like you. So Could be. He and he already him. didn't like you, so Duh. maybe we've completely lost our maybe. connection. Exactly. And this is episode 47, according to my math. Oh, crap. You know what that means? It means 50 is right around the corner. And what are we going to do for number And 50? we have nothing special for 50, we so. we got to do something for us for 50. You may start getting some uh, lettered instead of numbered episodes or something. I or it may it. just jump to 51, yeah. and 50 will be out there somewhere. Pressure's off. There you go. If, if only people would give us input, wouldn't that be delightful? Yeah. And when to do the new number one. Yeah. The jump on point. Mm-hmm. Or like, what do you call it? Uh, episode zero or whatever, you know. All right. Do you have some books and comic books to tell us about today? I do not. You have really dropped the ball. Oh, duh. It has been, has it been three weeks or four weeks since we've done this? It's been three, I think. I'm going to say And in that whole time, you couldn't read one lousy comic book for our listeners. You know, normally you're the comic guy, and I'm the one coming with comics the last few episodes, like uh, Coda and... Well, where's your uh, book then? Well, actually, there's a book I'm about to start reading, but I haven't touched it yet. It came in the mail. It's like Mutant Dawn something or another. I can't remember. Mutant Dong. Yeah, Big Vanny Mutant Dong. Sounds good. Sounds like a good read. Mutant Dong. I hope it's not too hard and long for you. (laughs) It's hard in places. (laughs) It's a very long read. Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead. Finish that thought. No, no. Or maybe are we safer without hearing the end of that? No, we really are. Well, for books and comic books, I read Loki, Agent of Asgard. Oh, my. Comic book by Al Ewing. For our um, listeners that are paying close attention, you'll realize that's also the author of Immortal Hulk. Oh. And that was was the end for you because you're enamored with that now. uh, Yeah, I love that. 
uh, Immortal Hulk, the last episode, last issue was really slow and dull. It was definitely the worst one, but they're getting close to the end, so they have to have these heartfelt moments towards the end. But yeah. that's only got like two issues left, so wow. that's gonna be sad to see it go. Yeah, it's is, been is that is that a month awesome. late? Yeah. Okay, so you got you got two more months. Yeah. I can't wait to see how they finish it. Yeah, it'll be crazy. So Al Ewing, some of his stuff like Immortal Hulk is great. Some other stuff like uh, we only find them when they're dead. I've that's probably seven issues in or something, and I'm already like that's not so great. Yeah. So I can't say he's he's my best and favorite yet, but he does hit some ones out of the park. So the Agent of Asgard, really good. Uh, it's the story of Loki trying to become good, doing secret missions for the All Mother. But can we escape our own pasts? So that's the uh, setup for you. I don't want to give you spoilers, but it's kind of like you'd have some other uh, superhero like Iron Man, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So for this one, you get Agent of Asgard. Okay. And this doesn't tie into the new Loki show or anything. Oh, you're jumping ahead. Oh, my bad. Uh, I will say if you like Loki, the old version or the new version, if you like original huge massive horns out of the top of the head mm-hmm. or if you like uh what is it tom hiddleston mm-hmm. the beautiful mm-hmm. then it's something you could probably be checking out and be interested in uh it's very easy to give out spoilers so i will shut up but i will go to tv dun, because dun, that dun. is the comic that influenced loki oh. the new disney plus show mm-hmm. So, Brother Ron has forgiven me. Yay. And he gave me another recommendation after his Mayor of Easttown. So, he forgave me and gave me another chance, and I'm giving him another chance by watching it. So, Loki, the TV show, uh, was pretty good. Mm -hmm. When I originally started writing these notes, it was before the conclusion came out. Mm -hmm. But I like the conclusion when it came out the end of it mm-hmm. uh a lot of the internet does not really i don't think ron and he can correct me was the biggest fan of the ending mm-hmm. so yeah it was really unusual because hmm. usually i'm well i guess i'm still the contrarian i'm just on the other side of it yeah so i didn't love it mm-hmm. the whole series mm-hmm. but it was fine it was something that was on and that's about what i say of all the marvel shows that yeah. i've seen yeah i've watched wandavision it was okay i haven't seen the hawking winter soldier because that's got a real stank around it right now yeah, just yeah. off the internet and everything else mm-hmm. so if everybody is and i've heard black widow tanked yeah i don't i think like she had a decent opening weekend exactly but, but after that and it's just just dropped like a rock yeah but, but i think that I think one might be because people already kind of know where it's going. Oh, see, I don't. But what I'll say is I think people are just, and I knew this was going to be a thing. Marvel burnout? Well, they're just tired of superhero movies. Yep. It's like anything. It's like when, when Star Wars hit back in the day, it was big stuff. Man, there were a million and one knockoff and one after another sci-fi movies, and they got worse and worse, and you just got, you were like, I'm sick of sci-fi. Yeah, it's got to happen. Uh, for all you super Marvel fans out there, it's just got to happen. You know, these trends can't last forever. It can't right. be popular forever. And you've used up a lot of the A-level teams. Yeah. I think we could definitely see, and not that I hate the old X-Men movies, mm-hmm. 
But I think we could see something good come out of the X-Men now. Yeah. It, that's something that I think would be ripe for some new interesting storytelling. But if, <clears throat> if they did justice to it, I think Marvel has the rights to Fantastic Four again. I, I love don't know, Fantastic man. Four, I don't know. I don't know if you can do the Fantastic Four anymore. But yeah, I like the Fantastic Four. I can remember when the thing was everywhere. Oh, yeah. When thing was just the hottest. It's clobbering time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still like Fantastic Four, but he, I, that's not one that I go and pick up that often. Well, all or, the movies they've done are awful, just the worst. But that's, I, you know, I, I just feel like someone in the right hands, it could be phenomenal. Because look who they have the best villain for their, that's the thing about them. Yeah, but, they have the best villain ever, you know. But he can get wrapped into other stuff, and he's probably going to be coming into the MCU yeah. in the next round of stuff, yeah. and he doesn't need. He's kind of uh, outgrown the Fantastic Four. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, he's a world-level threat. I mean, well, the Fantastic Four, though, are like a, you know, whenever it's like, oh, crap, it's Galactus. He's going to destroy the whole planet. Well, go get the Fantastic Four, you know. But anyway, yeah, this will be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, So if you're watching Loki, uh, Ron also recommended to me Heavy Spoilers YouTube channel where they break down all the like Easter eggs and stuff like that. Like maybe you didn't notice that this was in there. Yeah. If you're not the Uber, Uber, Uber fan, that would be because I've heard people in it like, oh my gosh, I've always loved, you know, Thor comics and all those Easter eggs from 30 years ago. Yay, or whatever. Yeah. Well, if you're not that guy, it is neat to have someone break it down for you. That's cool. Yeah. It's What's probably not again? too much of a spoiler to say that Throg makes an appearance. Yeah. And I've Heavy I Spoilers. I keep channel. seeing pictures. Of like a lizard with the, with what? Loki horns, so I'm like, what's that about? I guess I'll find out if I watch. Yeah, Loki. Get an alligator. Yeah, to take him out the swamp. <laughs> All right. The the right next to Louisiana podcast. That's where we are. I'm an old Louisiana boy. Nolans. Okay. Uh, yeah, and like a lot of the Marvel shows, if you dropped the first couple of episodes, they'd run a lot smoother to me. It's almost. Because I think they want to go to six episodes, and if they went to four, and I'm sure there's some TV reason why it's like, no, no less than six episodes for this. Well, that was like the very first Stranger Things. You enjoyed it. I loved it. But you were like, man. Trim it down. You you could have trimmed that down to probably two or three, and you'd have loved it a lot better. Like they had to kind of drag in in parts because they're just fluffing it. Padding. Uh, Have you... Uh, stayed up to date on the new Rick and Morty. No, I have not. Well, we'll pause the podcast right now and we'll go watch the latest episodes. There's, I want to say it might be four or five. And I enjoyed the first one I got to see for free. I love that first one. What? What's yeah, the, the first one? one was super fantastic, awesome. Uh-huh. But then Uh-oh, I see that y'all can't see these looks. I wish y'all could. We need to be. That's when we need the video podcast. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think if we're up to episode. Four or five, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like that first episode was really good. Hooray! The second episode was pretty good. Mm -hmm. The third episode was good. Mm -hmm. Then the next episode was uh, not so. People are saying that might be the worst episode of Rick and Morty so far. Wow! Like ever? Ever? Wow, that's bad. Yeah, you know, there's the, the, the stuff's hit and miss. You know, I mean, but and that's sad. But I don't know, man. You know. I'll say, for me, the worst episode is probably the one with the dragons. Do you remember that one? I won't go into the spoilers. Well, maybe I will. 
They're slut dragons. I must have been really hammered when I watched that one or something. Yeah, that's probably, to me, one of the, if not the worst, one of the worst. I'll have to go find that. Now you've got me intrigued. Yeah, it was, it was bad. So I bad. even this one that I'm saying, the internet says it's one of the worst episodes, or maybe the worst. You, you, we still got some chuckles out of it, because I watch it with my son, yeah. who's of appropriate which, age. Which, that's cool that you can share that. That's neat. And that helps when yeah. somebody else is laughing at it. Mm-hmm. You're more inclined to be like, ah, okay. Yeah. It's got its own extra sound so laugh track or so whatever. That's my thing is, yeah, if it made you laugh, it couldn't have been that bad. It had its moments, but it had its moments. I still bet, I bet it was better than Modoc or whatever. Ugh. Yeah. I actually went back and watched a couple more minutes of that really? to justify it. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes, I still have not made it through the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Modoc. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Let me talk about something I really enjoy. No. Okay. Thank you. Something I really enjoy, though, that I can give you the highest recommendation. So check out Loki. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. Check out the new Rick and Morty. It's it's got its ups and downs, though. But what doesn't have its ups and downs? uh, Curious to hear your opinion. Carry on. What's all ups right now is, I know you've seen the movie What We Do in the Shadows. Oh yeah, yeah. So. I think that movie's hilarious. I've heard good things about the show. So I've watched all two seasons of the show, and I think they're coming back in September. Did you binge the poop out of them? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. it was fantastic. I've heard really good things. So kind of... Is that on Hulu? Yes. Yes. The okay. funny thing, though, is for like our last episode, mm-hmm. I don't think we really had any pulp culture. No. And I was actually at a, at a point there where I was like, I need to take a break on some of this stuff. It's like, well, I don't want to watch too much stuff because then I have too much stuff to t- I have to talk to you about on the podcast. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Well, yeah. I mean, that last one, we didn't do it, and then we still had an hour of episode true, because there were so many games. Well, we don't have a topic today, really, so, you know. So just go crazy with it. Right, right. But... If you like the movie, and definitely check out the movie yeah. first, What We Do in the Shadows. Hilarious. If you like that, I think you will enjoy the entire series. That one really didn't have any low points for me where I was like, ugh, that episode was crud. Now, do they have any of the guys from the... the, the that would be spoilers. Oh, okay. But, yes. Well, I know that the one guy who has the Watiki or whatever, he's the director anyway. Watiti? I can't... I, I don't want to slaughter the guy's name. He's a He's a... He's a fine actor and a good director and a good. I think he wrote. Like he's the what triple threat. He's you know acts, directs, writes. Anyway, so. But if on. you like the movie, yeah, I think you'll like the show. It is a different cast, of course. Okay. But really good. A lot of fun. Some new interesting concepts added in. Cool. Uh, werewolves do show up. If you're a big fan of the old, we're not swearwolves. <laughs> All right. Oh, they are. I, I can go ahead and give this semi-spoiler just because it's somewhat relevant. They're searching for virgins. Uh-huh. So where do they go? To the LARP club. <laughs> so they get a bunch of LARPers. That's too that funny. was Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, stereotypes. Let's see. Uh, it's kind of, I describe what we do in the shadows as the office meets interview with a vampire. Fairly accurate, you'd say? Yeah, and that that's, that is a great, um, yeah. All right. Do you have TV shows you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, uh, I don't know what got me in the mind. I know what got me, I think, was someone posted one of these things that I don't answer them because I, some of this stuff is like, hey, we need to figure out what your passwords are. T, what was your first vehicle? And what food book do you love the most? Or anyway, 
but there was one of these things that popped up on Facebook that was like, what show should have had more seasons? And you know what I put in? Firefly. You know, I'm, I, to this day, I'm, I'm literally angry that there was not more than one season of, of Firefly. And so that on my mind, I broke out my disc and I've sat in after work every evening. I've been watching the Firefly episodes. There's not that many. And it just still, it's heartbreaking because you couldn't do it now. I mean, it's been, God, it's hard to believe it's been, what, 20 years or something, nearly? So, I mean, everybody looks, well, I mean, Book, uh, uh, Ron Glass is gone. He passed away recently. Shepard Book. Anyway, yeah, I mean, the, the moment has passed. It had to be a whole new cast. And honestly, I think the magic wouldn't be there. It was a different time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I, I rewatched Firefly. Um, and I just, I love that. Show. If you've not watched Firefly, gosh, go watch it right now. I mean, this second, you know. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and I, and then I've been uh, re-watching some Thundar. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I wonder what drove that. I, I would 50 know. copies of 50 Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Earth. It's just, yeah. Well, I've been re-watching, kind of out of the blue, I started re-watching 30 Rock. Oh, okay. I have always liked that. Mm-hmm. So I started re-watching that. And you know who's a super fan of that show, right? Who's that? Our good pal, Brendan. Let's all. Oh, okay. So I started watching that, and then I heard from him out of the blue. I'm like, he must have got the radio waves out of my brain or something. I I need to check that out. Um, There's some people on that show that I've seen other things I really like. Like, who's the young guy who's got like a little bit of Southern accent? He's just, gee, golly gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, that guy. Kenneth the intern. Yeah, he's really funny. And then who's the gal that was on Kimmy Schmidt, the the little tight blonde, you know, kind of? Jenna. Yeah. And so I know, and of course, I've always thought, um, what's her name? The creative Tina person. Fey. Tina Fey is, is hilarious. But you you know why I stayed away anyway. But I'll, I'll have to be flexible and watch that. It's a pretty funny show. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so All right. Yeah. Another TV show or you got some movies? Um, Moving on to movies. I did not watch a movie, but I have good news. I Good news, everyone. Yeah. I, 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 these things come to me, and I found a new show that I'm going to watch for y'all. It's from 1983, and it's called like, like something. Count Boobula. No, but it's gonna, that's pretty much, I'm sure, going to be. It's the 80s. There's going to be boobies. You know, oh, gosh, golly, the things I do for y'all. But anyway, um, it's called like. Something something crusade or whatever, and it's supposed to be one of these really cheesy science fantasy, you know, things where I'm sure there's a lot of very, you know, uh, um, very pneumatic ladies or whatever, and scant outfits and swords and lasers or whatever. But anyway, I will report on that for y'all next time. Well, uh, sort of along those lines, the things that we do for you, I had a listener request oh to watch. Well, I guess Ron kind of requested Loki. Yeah. So as your stunt person in the field, I all have also watched My Name is No One, or My Name is Nobody. Oh. You remember that movie? Yeah, I watched that. That was great. That's got With um, Pretty Henry Boy Henry Fonda. Oh. Well, maybe I'm thinking of somebody different. Never mind. Okay. This is a 1973 movie, I think. Mm-hmm. It is the last Western made by Henry Fonda. Mm-hmm. And it's basically him as a retiring gunfighter. Mm-hmm. He's trying to leave the country. Uh, not even really this one last job, mm-hmm. but he's got a little business that he needs to take care of before he 
tries to lay down his arms. Mm -hmm. And as you can see from a lot of other movies and a ballad of Buster Scruggs, Mm -hmm. it's hard for a gunfighter to put down their gun without another one coming to try and make their name. Right, right. So in comes nobody. But is he a friend or a foe? But he is completely insane. (laughs) You're introduced to him fishing in a pond. He's standing in the pond with a big stick staring at a fly on the water that he's killed and put there. And when the fish comes up, he smacks it in the head with that stick because he's just that fast. Wow. So I got that recommended to me for just how horrible the movie was, Uh how bad it was. Like, if you want to try and watch something, try and watch this. So, of course... I really enjoyed it. Oh, wow. It's, I may be the only person that enjoys it. Okay. But I think it's got a small, like, cult following. Mm-hmm. It's part of the spaghetti westerns. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, early 70s, late 60s. It's got that kind of soundtrack, and I can't even think of the, the most famous guy now that did all those spaghetti westerns. Oh, if you hadn't said that yet. Enrico Palazzo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. From The Naked Gun. Yeah. But anyway, I, I he's the one know. that had the uh, idea for the movie, mm-hmm. and he may have even directed part of it. So wow. continue screaming at the podcast, and we will eventually hear you. Like Something like Sierra Leone or whatever, yeah. yeah. Sergio Leone. Boom. Yep. Did all the spaghetti westerns. So there's your movie that you might want to check out, and I want to say that one was on Prime, Amazon Prime. Oh, wow. Was it free? Of course. Yeah. There's a lot of great movies on, on Prime. The only thing I have to pay for is uh, Mayor of Easttown. <laughs> Forgive well me, Ron. Spent. Money Forgive well me, Ron. spent. And yep. I've got to send Ron. There was a Saturday Night Live clip that they did that was like murder durder. That's <laughs> <laughs> talking about the accents on that show. Mm-hmm. So I have to send that to Ron and see if he gets a laugh out of it. But it's like they murdered your daughter. And I guess we're not the ones that can talk about accents. But they murdered your daughter. But because of that Pennsylvania sort of accent, it's like yeah. they murdered your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. so that brings us to video games, unless you got a movie. Uh, no, no movie, sir. Do you have some video games? I have things that relate to video games. But no video games No, proper. In, in fact, I'll tell on myself, sadly, I've really not been playing any video games. I haven't really had time, but, you know. I, I think there's a mobile game that's been taking up a lot of your time. Oh, my. Anyway. Well, all right, then. Talk about your favorite game. Fallout 76. Dun, dun, dun. Are you still playing? A little. I, I did play for a few days in the new season. I got the fortune-telling machine. Mm-hmm. Immediately put that up in the house, but that's about the last thing I did. So have you done any of the Brotherhood of Steel storyline stuff? I have not. I need to, but it's good. So just recently, in the last two, three weeks, they came out with the final piece of that. So I had pretty much skipped the beginning storyline of it. Mm -hmm. And luckily enough, like we were talking about off air a little bit earlier, it's like when you start looking for the second season of something, you're like, when's that going to come out? And it's there. That's kind of how this worked out is I did the first piece of it. And then a couple of weeks later, the conclusion comes out. So happy coincidence there. It -hmm. was pretty good. If you have been playing fallout 76, if we haven't already convinced you at this point to play it, Maybe never mind. But if you have checked it out, that Brotherline storyline is interesting. Well, good. You Brotherhood storyline. Well, and when you figure all these DLCs are free, they're gratis, which I like that. Um, you know, you can go find the base game at a 
resale place for cheap. Games to go? Yeah, like Games to go. I think it was under 10 bucks if you went to Games to go right now. Wow, because I remember when I picked up, it was 14, 14 bucks, And that was a steal of yep. a deal, you know, so, but, you know, I, I definitely, you know, go spend 14 bucks and go download the, the DLCs, and, and it's those DLCs. It'll take you forever yeah. to download. <laughs> it is quite a download, but that's how much free shit they're giving you, you know. So. Well, that's just getting from the... The disc now just has like the install file, uh-huh. and then you're going to download it all from the internet yeah. anyway. It's like sure. the disc is just there to amuse you, so you can hold something and look at it. Exactly. Uh, I also played Batman, the Telltale Adventure. Oh, my. It's a visual novel or a movie that you get to do dialogue choices and quick time events in. It's almost not a game. So I think Nicole is a big Batman fan. So you might want to check that out. Hmm. Uh, oh, I've played a lot of them. The Telltale games. Uh, they do Walking Dead. They did several of those. They did a oh, Game yeah. of Thrones. They did Wolf Among Us. I like them. I know what I'm in for when I'm getting them. A lot of people, if you said, here's a video game, they might be like, ugh. Yeah. But if you know what you're getting into, that it's more of a movie that you're playing along with. Mm-hmm. An interactive movie. We'll yeah, say. it's it's more of a video game than you remember... What was the mirror black bandersnatch or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Black mirror where it's like, that's kind of a choose your own adventure on the TV. Mm-hmm. Which was fun. Yeah, this is, which, yeah, I enjoyed that too. This is a little bit more than that. It's got a little bit more video gameplay, but it's not Call of Duty or anything like that. Not even close, sounds like. So uh, I usually play them through twice. Mm-hmm. The first time you make all the good decisions, the mm-hmm. Batman decisions, and then the second playthrough, you do, you just, beat the crap out of everybody like Batman doesn't talk he just punches or he does all the stupid stuff that Batman wouldn't do when they give you the dialogue options and stuff like that you make Alfred feel bad and hurt his feelings (laughs) so uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't change some of it is the illusion of a choice Mm -hmm. like Batman's got to win at the end, regardless of what you do. It's got to wrap up. Yeah, this is Batman. Come on. Or the villain may not get shot in the face. Mm-hmm. But this Batman story changes up things quite a bit. Uh, so your choices have more impact. Yeah. Like. And then just there's certain fun stuff to do, like when they get you alone with Catwoman. Oh, my. And you're like, I just want to be friends. Back <laughs> off, lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't need that kind of crazy in my life. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, because she is. Yeah. Uh, some of the paths, you you get to see what paths you didn't take, what would have happened. I thought the wrong choices played out a lot more interesting. I got to see a lot more stuff. Cool. Uh, one of the things was you can go protect Alfred at the manor, or you can go secure your bat technology because somebody's trying to hack into it. So these, these are like tough choices. Like, who do you, you know? Yeah. But... Nine out of ten times, don't you think Batman's going to go to the mansion and say, have Alfred? Oh, sure, yeah. But if you do the one where you're like, ah, screw him, I'm going to go save my technology. Mm-hmm. You get upgrade suits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You get to see some different pieces of the storyline. It's a more satisfying conclusion. So it's like, huh. Isn't that interesting? But what happens to Alfred if you don't run to save him? Oh, he's fine. Oh, see, that's what I figured. So it's kind of like, yeah. But you get your stuff where it's yeah. like, oh, this was more interesting. And yeah. you get to have a, a better boss fight in there and stuff like that. So oh, cool. If you haven't played any of those games and you're just a huge Batman fan, check it out Mm -hmm. and check out all the Arkham stuff too if you want a more video game video game. And like I said, the first Walking Dead one's really good. The Game of Thrones one, uh, Wolf Among Us, check them all out. Now to get somewhat more topical to the last 
episode of the podcast, Dark Alliance. Oh. Uh, when we did that last episode, I had not tried it. I had not laid hands upon it where I could review it. Mm-hmm. I had only seen some internet videos where it's like, it's not good. People were not speaking in glowing terms of the game. So I have played it some. I have asked my close friends if they want to play it with me, and they have all shunned me. <laughs> so that's probably going to shade my review or my future play of it. It's like, if I had somebody to play this with, I'd play it. But if I don't have anybody to play it with, I don't find myself reaching for it. I have a feeling it, by the by the time I'm interested in about six months to a year, it'll probably be at the secondhand store dirt cheap. So, you know what I mean? And then who knows? Plus, they might have worked all the bugs and kinks out by then, and we'll be like, this is great, you know, or not. But speaking of the negative <clears throat> reviews, uh, one of them was that they were just starved for stamina. They were running out of stamina the whole time. And Did you see that? Not really. Mm-hmm. I was... I had enough and I get why they do why they have to do that is it's kind of a limiting factor because there's a lot of abuses if you had absolutely no stamina mm-hmm. that you're just like, well, I can do this infinitely. So why should I do anything else? Because right. one of the things that they had talked about was like if you get on a ledge, you can shoot down and kill all the villains and they won't react to you. Mm-hmm. So if you had infinite stamina, mm-hmm. you could just do that and it's like, well, you're playing the game, but you're taking all the fun out of it for yourself. Right. And it's also like, you know, chopping down the tree with a f- spoon in the middle of the woods where it's like, yeah, you can do that. But unless you're the ranger or not even the ranger, the, I guess, archer, mm-hmm. it's going to take you all day. It's going to be really boring. But there was, speaking of that, like on the archery animations and stuff, that was pretty cheesy where it's just like the hand is not animated. It's just kind of cocks back and flaps out. Wow. So, yeah, there was some lazy or cheap animation with that. Wow. Now, what video game company did this? Oh, I couldn't even tell you yeah. right now. But that just, it. so, yeah, they, they really sound like they kind of phoned it in or rushed it out the door or something. But, yeah, like I said, the review, I talked about how stamina-starved characters were, but I didn't notice it. There are stamina potions. Okay. There are short rests. So, I mean, there's ways to get around it. It wasn't like, Oh, this ruined the game. Uh, It does have short rest, though, like I said, which is kind of a cool concept. When you get to certain points in the game, they'll go, you've earned the short rest. Do you want to rest and heal up and get all your potions back? Or do you want to increase the rarity of the loot that you find? So if you forego your rest... If if you make things harder on yourself, you get more risk, more reward. That's an interesting concept. So, yeah, I liked that. That was cool. That's an interesting concept. Uh... Oh, one of the other things that's th- that the uh, review had talked about was how repetitive it is mm-hmm. in the look of the game. It is indeed, from what I've seen, it's just corridors, 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 corridors. And, corridor, and it's yeah. like, is it a lava corridor or an ice corridor? But it's very samey. Oh, well. Again, kind of kind of phoned it in, sounds like. Uh, graphically not impressive. Uh, quests are simply kill this and collect the part to unlock the next area where you will kill monsters and find more stuff. It's mindless. Uh, not that that's necessarily a negative if you want that sort of thing. The original back in the PlayStation 2 days, it wasn't like that was some great thinker's game. Yeah. Uh, it's no tri-dimensional chess. Uh, it's the equivalent of a beer and pretzels tabletop game. 
So, I mean, there's times when you just want to do that. Yeah, I mean, throw it out and have something quick and easy. Grind on. Turn off your brain and kill some stuff. Yeah. So, is it's it worth 60 bucks? No. But Amazon's got it for 40 right now. So watch the prices and jump in probably at the $30 to $20 price point. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. I can currently get it through Gamefly used at $26. Not bad. So I was like, eh, maybe I will buy it. And then nobody else wanted to play. So, <laughs> But actually, uh, our pal Gary H. was also talking about it. He's been talking about maybe playing some Diablo 3. I was looking at that last night. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Can you play that multiplayer? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's a thought. It's something to think about. Yeah. All right. Okay. Video game ish related stuff. All right. So I think I post this on Facebook. So you saw it. You were probably the only person that commented on it or emoted on it. But Netflix is adding video games. I thought you were going to talk about the auctions. Like Mario just sold for one point five million. Oh, when no, you were talking no. about stuff, video game related ish yeah. stuff there, that you well, put on well, Facebook. There's also that too. Whereas, yeah, I posted a thing where recently a still sealed copy of like Zelda something or another, whatever, from way back in the day, sold for like a million dollars or whatever. But there are people that are of the mind that that's money laundering, which I, that's kind of interesting. It's either money laundering or just people trying to inflate a new market because you always hear two names with it. Heritage Auction House and Wata being the video game grading system. Hmm. So, huh, the people that grade it and give it a kind of the, a, a value mm-hmm. and the people that turn around and sell it, what are the odds? Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely something fishy going on there. Um, <clears throat> but so that's, yeah, I'm glad we brought that up. So that's just kind of interesting. So what's your thought on these old sealed video games from you know days of yours selling for a million bucks? But also, I just thought it's interesting that Netflix is, is getting into video games. Well, for the auctions, being that I am the video game collector, right. there's the old school collectors that just want the game to have it to play it. Yeah. And I, I really don't even care about the condition too much as long as it's playable. Uh-huh. Like my copy of Altered Beast just has the most torn up copy mm-hmm. or a cover on it, but it's still playable. So, yeah. meh, whatever. Uh, the more rare games... I can appreciate, but I'm not the person that would collect those either, where it's like uh, track and field or whatever the Olympic Games or whatever the really super rare one is, or where it's like, they only came out with 10 copies of this. It's horrible, but there's only 10 copies of it. It's like, nah, that doesn't really appeal to me. But even that appeals to me more, like trying to finish out a collection. Like, Mm -hmm. you own every Nintendo Entertainment System game, the original stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you'd have to go, like, there's only 10 of these and it sucks, but you want to finish your collection, so you have to buy it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really appeal to me where I have to finish it out like that. But yeah. even less is all this box sealed stuff. Yeah. I don't care about that at all. If someone said, now because it's sealed, you're not going to have the nerve to open it. And what if it's got pocket linen or some crap, you know? Oh, yeah. And then a lot of games, if they have a memory where they have a battery, they can be completely corroded on the inside. Yeah. So I'm going to buy something and never use it, set it up on, sh- and then, I mean, all my collecting, a lot of it, the thing, like, if I collected comics, mm-hmm. I pretty much read the comic. Yeah. There's nothing that I'm leaving to sit I mean, on the shelf. Would you put gloves on and open it to read it? Or D&D stuff. Yeah. I guess you could say we collect RPG stuff, yeah. but I am not collecting it in a way where it's like, now let me put this in a glass case where I'll never touch it and I'll just look at it. Yeah. I'm a collector that's going to use it and enjoy it. Yeah. 
and that's and that's me teach their own you know yeah Yeah. if you like that Mm -hmm. and you got the money for it good on you but there's definitely something fishy with all this sealed stuff even if they're just trying to create a market and i think it's a lot of people selling to each other back and forth right Uh, there's there's something something fishy something going on there um all right and so that was about video games um anyway like i said yeah netflix is adding video games oh yeah on that i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've heard any more on it no but they're talking about they're not going to be adding fallout 76 or call of duty or dark alliance most likely it's gonna be their own uh Homespun, whatever, yeah. Which is going to be a lot closer to uh, Mirror Black, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, or oh, the Kimmy okay. Schmidt. It's probably going to be more like choose-your-own-adventure oh, type stuff okay. instead of a full-blown video game. More like motion video well, or graphic, not video, whatever, motion video, visual novels and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Because so that's what I was curious about. And I'm glad it looks like you did some research or you read some stuff as well. But I'd wondered how, like, you, we have these consoles that you can... Well, you're doing it right now. Yeah. Because you've got PlayStation Now, right? Yeah. So that's when you're streaming all these, the latest hits, for the yeah. most part. Well, the other day I was playing uh, Fallout Vegas on the PS4 for free as part of my subscription or whatever. And, and I was playing it streaming. And there were no hiccups or glitches. It ran really well. I had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. So that's, I'm wondering if, if they were going to do something like that, you know, but apparently from not. what they're discussing, I mean, it could turn out to be something like that, but f- from the little rumors and gossip that I've heard, mm-hmm. no, it's going to be something a lot more simple or it's going to be more mobile game esque. Well, because you would have to have probably some special Netflix box or something, wouldn't you? Or, or did you just do it through an app on your, your super smart TV? Yeah. It was something about just the straight up streaming quality would not be good enough through what Netflix has got right now. Yeah, yeah. For something, some complicated video games. Right, right. That's, that's what I was wondering then. So that's good. Thank you for digging deeper into that. Um, I'd had a topic talk about the old moves, but me. The old what? The uh, moves, the multiplayer, massively multiplayer online games or whatever, MMOs or whatever. But what about them? Well, just, okay. Come so, on, buddy. All right. Well, Don't me, leave them hanging. Okay. Well, me and Gary were talking about how, you know, we played some of the very first. MMOs and it actually the first ones weren't massively multiplayer; they were just multiplayer. But there was like um, Meridian. So it was just a mo. Yeah, just a mo. But uh, it was Meridian Fifty Nine. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, from 3DO, Trip Hawkins, you know, and and uh, and that was before. This would have been like Ultima. Not, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cause, oh yeah, the Ultima Online. Ultima, so that was massively multiplayer. So that was probably the first massively multiplayer. But I played. We played Meridian 59. Um, I did play a, a little bit of the one that was on Sierra's service or whatever. and But it was it really was crappy because it was really just like some sort of a two-dimensional side scroll. When you got in a fight, it was just a big cloud of dust or something, you know. But I, I that one, I heard about it, tried it out, quit it. I mean, it was like, this is awful. But Meridian was the very first one where they basically got the Doom, I think, and they backwards... Uh, they basically like disassembled it and figure out how they did it, and then boom. So I mean, but their servers might could maybe at mass, mass at most had would have 30, 40, 50 people on them at a time. But if you had enough players in one spot with enough spells going on and monsters, you know, you'd crash. But this was the early days of dial up and all that. And then we played, uh, like you say, Ultima Online, and we played EverQuest. You know, and eventually on to playing World of Warcraft, EverQuest Two. 
But we were talking about how in the early days it was such a grind. And so then we started playing some of the more newer games. And even WoW when it came out, we'd look at it and go, wow, this is way easier than, in a way, it's easier than playing some of these other ones. And then over time, they even kind of, I don't want to say dumbed it down, but they made it even easier. And some people might go, well, that's what's the term nowadays, quality of life or just, you know, why does that need to be a grind? Mm -hmm. I hear you, but I don't know why we have some sort of a chip on our shoulder, you know, that we were all like, yeah, I remember in my day you had to, you know, walk uphill both ways and 10 feet of snow, you know, to kill the monster in you know, Meridian or EverQuest or whatever, you know. But anyway, it was just just a, him and I back and forth kind of talking about, you know, how the, just like everything else, everything's changed, you know, whatever. But I mean, I don't miss like an EverQuest. You had to bind at a given bind point. Say you, you would have to get a teleport from a druid or a wizard go to the town and there'd be a bind point you could interact with. Actually at one time you had to beg a wizard to bind you there. So if you have a friend that was a wizard, but that was, that was part of the economy. That's why people wanted to play wizards and a lot of druids because they would go, I'll bind you here, but you got to you know give me something. And some were nice. You'd stand there eventually if you were a cheapskate <coughs> like me and you'd be waiting for, Hey wizard, come on, man, come on, dude. You'd be like, all right, I'll bind you. You know, you bind you to the town. Now you're off to the dungeon. It's three zones away. EverQuest was notorious for these ridiculously large zones that were there's no reason for them to be this big it's like oh there's a tree on the horizon i mean you know not like there's lavish graphics or something i mean anyway so you have to run across three zones hope you don't get killed by something along the way finally get to the dungeon you know you die in the dungeon you you spawn back at that town and all your gear is on your corpse i mean looking back now i'm like oh that sucked because i can remember like grinding in a dungeon for eight hours like a shift at a job and at the end of the night, you're like, man, we had a great night. Well, let's carefully try to extricate ourselves from this dungeon. And then you die. And it'd be like, well, I was about to go to bed, but now we need to go on a 30-minute corpse run. Because if you don't do it while you have all your friends together, you, you're going to be screwed. Anyway, but I'm just saying that was that was how things were back then. And nowadays, it's a lot nicer, a lot smoother, it feels like. So it's just kind of different. Um. Anyway, so there's that. I mean... Well, you gave me a moment to remember what video game I'm actually playing right now. Oh, okay. Which is Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. Uh-huh. So, I put this on my Facebook, but that's the best Pokemon game in years. <laughs> because you're getting your team of monsters uh -huh. and fighting other monsters. It's different than the old Monster Hunter. It's like, instead mm -hmm. of going out and slaying these creatures and their families ruthlessly mm -hmm. for the evil creatures that they are, mm -hmm. now you're snuggling up with them and riding them as your buddies Aww. and making good friends. But it's really good. So even if you have played some of the other Monster Hunter games and didn't care for them, if you like Pokemon or something along those lines, more of a turn-based combat strategy RPG Oh, check it out. It's actually interesting. And cool. it's got co-op, oh, which yeah. I will never end up playing with anybody, but it does exist. And that's on the Switch. Oh, so I don't have a Switch. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so what's the Not thing? that you were going to play it anyway. No. but um, <laughs> That was not a sales point for Matt. The, uh, but no, it, it does sound interesting. Um, so the, what is it? Steam's doing a knockoff of the Switch Steam. or something? Steam. Yeah, which I can't even think of what they're called. Steam Deck. Steam Deck, that's it, yeah. And they're like, that's going to put the Switch out of business. I seriously doubt it. The main reason to own a Switch is to play Nintendo video games. Right. Which they're not going to have access put to. on the computer. So yeah. it sounds interesting. It's intriguing. If I was traveling around a lot, I'd be like, hooray. But 
I almost never take my Switch anywhere. Yeah. I always play it in the docked mode so I can play it on the TV. It's mm-hmm. a home console to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, speaking of the Monster Hunter, the other day I had uh, pulled out the Switch and I was like, ah, I'll go play it in the other room. Mm-hmm. The writing was so small. Hmm. I was like, screw this. I see why I play everything on the TV now. Right, yeah. That's I love how that's how we kind of sunk the hook finally on Gary was he was like I will not play um, ESO or whatever on the PS4 oh my computer and then once we finally kind of aggravated him enough he tried it well now he's like you guys ruined me because playing on the big screen yep. oh man that's just you can't beat that man I mean it's funny what year I was thinking about wow talking thinking about MMOs and I thought man I wish they put PS4 I mean, they put a uh, like wow on the PS4 or five, but there's been there's been talk of it. I don't know that it'll ever happen, but anyway, I mean, it's one of those things I might play for five minutes and go, oh yeah, this is why I don't play this anymore. But because you know you have that nostalgia, you know, for some of these games. All right, and finally moving towards the conclusion <laughs> of this thing, oh my. have I given you a one E Osric update lately? Nope. I want to hear. Group. I want to hear how they're doing. Our good buddies Ron Bradley, you know. Uh, who else was there this Tuesday? Evan and the McCalls. Oh, Evan was there. Good. And the McCalls. Cool. Good deal. So having a lot of fun with that. And it's been so long since we've done the update. So many. That's a weekly group. Yeah. So it moves a lot faster than sure. most of our every other week sort of thing. Yeah. So did you know, and I tried to listen to the one of the previous podcasts to see if we talked about it, but the reptile god is dead. Oh, good. I don't know if we already talked about that on the podcast. You, you or hadn't not. got there yet. That that one took a little while to get through. It seemed like they were they were they were kind of reticent to to engage or something. They were making sure they hit every other source of treasure in town. And I like that, you know. So the reptile god is done. Another classic module was complete. That was against the cult of the reptile god. So it's it's a classic. How many uh, how many gigaxes would you give it, or whatever you want to oh. call it? Now, again, what was the one that we did before this? My uh, poor memory. More salt marsh or whatever. So, Secret salt marsh, wasn't it? Yeah, there was one. I can't the remember what. salt marsh. Uh, who it was that was like, that's my very favorite module. Mm-hmm. Some blogger out there out in the world. He was like, mm-hmm. that's my very favorite one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. At this one, there was another guy. I want to say that was like. Crichton Broadhurst has always spoke, spoke really well of Reptile oh. God as well. Okay, and maybe that's it. But somebody that was like, this is the best module ever because of this. It's really good. It does does make quite a few changes in the original olden ye olden days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll give it maybe five stars, and I'll let you know. Like my big five star is Village Hamlet. That's yeah. the one where I go, oh, oh boy, why is that one so good? I don't know, but that's just the one that clicks for me. That, that's your sweet spot. Yeah. So, you get where I'm coming from. That's yeah. the one that I really enjoy. So, if you're yeah. of like mind, but this one's still good, worth checking out. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because. So many of the villagers are charmed. Mm-hmm. So do you have murder hobos that just mm-hmm. go ahead and slaughter all the charmed people? Yes, that's what I had. Mm-hmm. Or do you try and break the charm and yeah. you know keep as many people alive as possible? So murdering won the day. Uh, it would have been very easy to pull off a TPK in this one. Oh, yeah. Because at the very start, if you sleep in the wrong place, Mm -hmm. you can go and you don't wake up. The end by roll up a new character and we'll start something else. Yeah. Uh, The most memorable encounters uh, from behind the screen for me were the Harpy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
That and was a tough encounter, it sounded like. We do not didn't we did not have any elves in the party. Teehee. So it was pretty much nobody could go, I'm not charmed. Yeah. Nope. So everybody had to make that roll mm-hmm. and everybody failed. Teehee. Except the magic user. Good lucky for them. Who was extremely lucky and saved the day. So there was Evan with some smart play. Mm-hmm. But that one was cool. Because she was in this really muddy area. Now, I wouldn't go mention it, like spoilers. Because we yeah. talked about it. You yeah. said that that was a really tough encounter because not just, and this is this is old school and I love it, and it's this is a good uh, crib note, whatever, for, for Dungeon Masters is, all right, well, how can I make this harpy all the more challenging? This weird terrain. Environment. The environment. And so that's, th- think think of all that stuff, and you can make a way, you can take an encounter and really amp it up, you know. So it was pretty much one save, and all the party was done. Mm-hmm. They were completely disabled. Yeah, there was wow. nothing they were going to do about it. So, the wizard had to handle it one on one. Mono a mono. So luckily that came out very well for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. The final battle was rather anticlimactic mm-hmm. because at the big bad end, the reptile god is also trying to charm them, mm-hmm. but it's got the gaze attack. Mm-hmm. So they are warned in advance, you know, you can either get your full attack bonus or you can take a penalty, but you're not looking and then you get bonuses to your save. Yeah, you're, you're averting your gaze or whatever. So if they had gone in foolheartedly there and just got charmed, mm-hmm. that would have been that easy peasy. But mm-hmm. no one got charmed. Wow. Uh there's an NPC that tags along to take her big spell. Oh, wow. So after that, it's a lot weaker. Mm-hmm. So if they had to do it straight up with no help, that would have been bad. But with the help, it actually turned out pretty easy, which was good because they got all the fantastic loot. Woohoo. They are oh, it now. Like some sexy loot. Yeah. They are now in Castle Amber, mm-hmm. which I had never read any of it before because I was thinking somebody might end up running it for me soon. Mm-hmm. But. Kesarasara or whatever. That's got a lot of, at least in the beginning, the Ravenloft like. Then the mist comes in. You wake up in this near a castle, and then the mist comes rolling in, and you can't get out. You're sealed in. It's oh, like, wow. hmm. I wonder if that's where they got some of the inspiration for that. Could be. Well, that's a classic. So that one is very high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. I cringe for them every time I read parts of it. <laughs> so I'm like, how are you going to deal with this? Yeah, but yeah, they did get some fantastic stuff. Uh, the fearless fighter knocked out knocked out a boxing golem in the first round. That was pretty much like, okay, if you make a hit and you hit this much, now make a percentile, and if you roll less than a five on the percentile dice, that's an automatic knockout. So Ron got an automatic knockout on the guy. Good for Ron. So yeah, because that golem was lighting him up. I'll bet. So that was one where it's like, you need that knockout. So that was a big victory for them. Uh, They fought a disco ball. They fought a variety of desserts in the pudding family. Oh, my. They found an intelligent sword, which was cool. That's something you don't see very often now. that's a classic. And then, and then, they got past that. I think that's the West Wing. They got into the forest. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you on the map because we have it right here. Do you see where those blue dice are? Uh-huh. There's a door right there. They got right about to where my hat is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, 50, 
50 feet in mm -hmm. and oh, had their first encounter. I see bodies. <laughs> and that's where their bodies lie now. Oh, my. And we all had the fun of rolling up new characters. Oh, holy crap. Only the fighter walked away, and that's because the fighter ran Man. at the end and luckily did not get hit. Old school, baby. Sometimes yep. you got to run. But that, yeah, I hated to see it. Yeah. But I was like, there wasn't a lot. Uh, the party's dice, of course, were cold. Yeah, that happens. The GM's dice, of course, were, were hot, hot. Because I get, with the monsters that they were, to not give too much spoilers, got four attacks per round. Yeah, if you give me yeah. 24 attacks yeah. in a round, you're going to see a lot of 20s. And old school D&D, you didn't have a whole ton of hit points. So that stuff, even if it's only hitting for a die for a piece, that'll, that'll whittle you down pretty fast. It's old school, baby. Old school. Tough. So... But I'm, well, I'm totally jelly. I wish I was in playing with that group. Man. Because you'll love this. We rolled up new characters, and we rolled up new henchmen. Smart henchmen. So that's something new and different that everybody's getting used to. And I'm, I'm glad for them to get a taste of that, because I miss yeah. that. Back in the day, we were like, there's safety in numbers. Let's go hire some henchmen or whatever. And what's great about the henchmen, you would sometimes get really attached to these NPCs. And then if something happened to your primary character, you're like, I'm going to fall back and play my henchman. I think he's pretty cool. Start leveling them up or whatever. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's old school. That's cool. So hopefully they will be able to recover their lost loot because mm -hmm. they were just dripping with it. Well, I'll bet. And didn't you tell me you used the old charts and the old D&D &D books to make personalities for these hench persons? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, how many different roles is that? 20 roles? Well, That's definitely roles not an exaggeration. Yeah. No, I remember I did that for, I was running a DCC campaign where I had everybody at second level acquire an, an apprentice of some sort. And we wrote a personality for uh, Eddie's uh, little wizard apprentice that she was such an inch. I could tell you were like intrigued by her personality that we rolled up. I mean, so bravo again to the old school and the books and Gygax and all that. You know? Yeah, I was getting ready to retire my spellcaster and send her off on adventures. Yeah, I mean, she sounded really interesting. Yeah, we wanted to see what her deal was. Yeah, so that's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. All right, last chance. Anything else to add to the podcast before we shut it down at the about 58-minute mark? Okay, just, um, the, the we talked about this a minute ago. The Trove is down. Uh, for oh, those yeah. of you who aren't familiar with the trove, that's either a good or bad thing, but it's moot, possibly, um, because it's it's down, and it's been down for quite a while. It's been down in the past for whatever, you know, computer sites go down for different things, but this one, it's been down a while, so there's been a lot of speculation. Um, the guy who created the Zweihander RPG is taking credit for having taken them down, which means right now either there's people that think that it's it's wrong for the website to host uh, 600 gigabytes worth of RPG paraphernalia, you know, or it, it, so if you're in that camp, the guy's a hero. On the other hand, if you're in people that loved getting your hands on a lot of free RPG material, he's, he's pretty much being vilified. So, you know, there's both sides. Um, for a while there, it was throwing up a 503 error, which would just kind of segue into, no, it's just down temporarily, but now you're getting a completely different error that, lends credence to it that they might be down but you know it's kind of like pirate bay exactly it'll come back in some other incarnation i mean and it's anyway but and it's kind of like wherever you stand on that um you know it, it's one of those things where i will say what i like is like if i want to get my hands on an old out of uh, mm -hmm. 
you, print. Yeah, you know, out of print game that if you go try to find it on Amazon or eBay, some jerk wad's selling it for a thousand dollars or something. And I'm like, man, you know, it is not. That's the stuff that, I mean, since it's out of publication, I like that. You know. Well, talking about Castle Amber, yeah. I have got the original Adventures reincarnated. Mm-hmm. I've got that copy of it. I've got the original copy upstairs in the library. From Papa John. Library. Yeah. But which one do I read to prepare? The one that I got on the trove that I can do a PDF of and mm-hmm. upsize the font and print I, out the maps. I, and I, I, everyone kind of complained that unlike most everything DCC does, they'll give you a code for you to be able to download the PDF along with your hard copy. Which I don't think that Watsy will allow it on yeah, these. Yeah, Watsy wouldn't allow it. And so that's what's aggravating for people that like, I don't want to muss my book or something. I want to be able to download or you know, print out. You know, something I can mark up and mark on and highlight or whatever. So, yeah, that that is kind of what the trove was good for. And there's times I'll tell myself I would be intrigued in a game and I'd want to go check it out. And uh, I would check it out. And if I liked it, hand to God, I would go buy it. Which is me, which a lot of like when everybody was downloading music back in those days. It's like if I like it, I will go buy it. Go buy. But if I wasn't downloading it, Hmm. I wasn't going to buy it either. Right. And if it, I if the only option is mm-hmm. take a blind guess that this might be good or just give it a pass, I'm not I'll give it a pass. Yeah. And that's where there's a I love indie games. Eddie will tell you there's a lot of times that in our um, stuff we give away at our con, some of it's stuff that I was intrigued, bought it, said this is pretty cool. I could see I could use this one idea out of it, but I don't want to use a whole cloth. And it, it's a great book in great shape. I've just rifled through it one pack, and it'll go into our you know, pile of stuff. And so, I mean, I love indie games, but it's one of those things to where uh, I'm just not going to hardly just blindly buy this stuff. I want to look at it first. And if it's crap, it's, I will say there's one game where uh, I, it was a big expensive game. It's a beautiful looking book, but I went to um, the Trove, looked at it and went, ugh, I'm glad I didn't buy this because I would have been out, you know, a bunch of money and it's a really not my cup of tea. But anyway, so, I mean, it, it was good for that. But I get there are a lot of people that would never, ever dream of spending one penny that are taking everything with both hands. And you're a bad person. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Because the fact is, I'll say it this way. Watsy could burn down tomorrow and I wouldn't cry, whatever. I mean. And they've made their money. Yeah, If exactly. you download the fifth edition player's handbook, yeah. I'll look the other way. Yeah. But, but it's the indie guys. Exactly. That, and that's who I love. And that's who I spend money with because here's just some guy out here like me and Eddie that loves these games. Which, look at Mike Evans. Yeah. We just put our money where our mouth is. Exactly. If we like you, you know, and, and I love the little indie guys. And they're making, and what kills people that go, oh, I won't play anything other than fifth edition D&D. It's like, well, you're cheating yourself because there's some really awesome, fun stuff out there with these indie guys. So I really feel bad for them. They're not getting their money. That is the exactly. guys. My heart is broken. But for. it's, it's kind of like that with bands too. Yeah. If you download Metallica's the black album, they're already fantastically rich. But if there's some little unknown band, mm-hmm. that's making a big difference on their bottom line. Sure. So I'm not saying piracy is okay if you're big enough, but yeah. piracy is okay. If you're Cause, big Cause yeah, I remember back in the day when, um, with, with Napster and Lars Ulrich and some rapper were arm in arm going, this is terrible. And I was like, yeah, you were just going to buy that third island, you know, made of gold or whatever. It's like, boo-hoo. and they got their start through tape trading. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So anyway, just that's kind of interesting to see how that's going to play out. And then, um, 
this is something I've and seen recently that, though talking about these indie guys. So uh, we just come out of a, a pandemic. Uh, say what you will about that. But there's people who had a lot of downtime or at home time. So it seems like everyone and their cousin is making some little indie game mm-hmm. that someone drive through RPG, whatever. And I mean, more power to them. Out of all that dreck, there's going to be some diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a guy that did a game called Warpland. And anybody that's listened to this knows I love anything kind of post-apocalyptic. And it's, and it's kind of a science fantasy game. But what I'm going to say this, and I'm not disparaging the guy. I'm sure it's a great game. I've, I've paid for it. Again, paid for it. And uh, I've got the initial PDF. I got the hard copy coming. And, and it looks like something I wouldn't mind maybe kicking the tires on, which goes back to what you were talking, maybe running some games in the future. This is one that maybe we'll run it a couple of times and then we'll give a, uh, a, a critique, of, a review of it. But in the meantime, the guy sounds like a really nice guy. He's out of like Argentina or something. And uh, But this really looks like the guy really liked the look of Mork, uh, Mork Borg. And he made a science fantasy version of Mork Borg. I mean, I'm just going to call a spade a spade there. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, that's kind of like, well, you know, anyway. Uh, so anyway, but, but anyway, so Will, that's one. Also got, you may have heard of the game Stars Without Number. And it's yep. a fairly popular smaller you know uh, uh sci-fi game it's got a lot of awards i've heard a lot of good things about it through the years well the guy did a fantasy gaming version called worlds without number um i even think he did something post-apocalyptic that i have and that i've used it's got some great charts and stuff in it that i you know i love charts and there's some really good charts and things in it but anyway i digress but uh so we've so we've got a couple of games that we might could check out and give you guys a report on um I, but one thing I'll say that's aggravating me about some of these companies, like uh, Five Torches Deep or Torchbearer, they'll put out this game and you're like, wow, this is really awesome. It's really great. And then you'll notice they don't really no support. Thank you. See, and it aggravates me in that uh, somebody was talking about a working DM. And what they meant was like, you got a guy that you got kids and, uh, and other interests and hobbies and life and work and job. And it's like nobody writes. And I know the people who made these games ran five or six probably different adventures over the course of a couple of years. Now publish them. While they were testing is publish the damn adventures. But they'll go, well, you know, it, it's not worth our time or something. Well, It'd be like putting out a video game system and not making any games. Right. It's like, why? What am I? What are we supposed to do with it? And, and I think they're thinking, what is it? Uh, trouble versus reward. We'll put them as PDFs that you have to print. So there's no cost there on drive through. And we'll buy them, you know. And so I'm really kind of aggravated that, like, this Five Torches Deep or Torchbearer or, or say something like this Warplane, like the guy I read that he wrote it, and now he's on to other things. Mm-hmm. He's this creative wonder kind that has already made other games, and he's got all these ideas. Well, that's great, but you need to support your product with some – I know you had to have wrote some adventures, or someone did, in your local pre- – you know, anyway. So – or put out support material like here's some extra classes or something for it. But so there are more of these small indie companies, they push their game out the door, and then it's like this orphan child. They move on to other projects or something, and they don't really, yeah, do supplements for it or modules for it. I wish more companies would do that. That's kind of one of my – I'm on my soapbox. Your pet peeves. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. Well, what I was talking about doing at Geek World was uh, actually – going and doing different systems like hey this week I'm going to come out and do a demo of Barbarians and next week I'll come out and do a demo of Savage Worlds and the week after that I'll come out and do 5th edition for the people that want to try that yeah. and then the week after that I'll do DCC for the people that want to try that yeah. so it's kind of like if you've been curious about any of these systems 
come out and try it before you buy it. Yeah. Get your little, kick the tires on it. You can go, this is something I'm interested in, or this is not the one for me. Well, and while you're at the table with that next guy that's, oh, or gal, you were interested in DCC too. Hey, let me get your number. Yeah, and starting groups that way too. Yeah, that's kind of you or the, you got that DCC core group together and going like like you basically showed up a few times and ran eventually one of them took the mantle and ran with it and you just stepped away with a smile on your face like look what i did you know yeah because it's like i'm not starting a group here no i would be happy if you guys start a group out of this but i'm just planting seeds and that happened which is cool it happened a lot for, for the different dcc stuff that we did oh absolutely i know i'm i'm proud of what we did there and we had a lot of fun with it and um we met some really neat people and had some yeah, fun i just talked to shane the other day Good. So How's he's he doing, doing well, good. and he should be coming through town soon, and we'll get a game in. Good. I hope so. Um, I, the other day, pictures popped up in my like Facebook time hop. There was that night that we went to the old smaller geek world, and you were in for the guy and the two little girls. That and was fun. Yeah, I could tell you had a great time, and they had a phenomenal time. But you know, anyway, so it's always cool when you can bring brand new people into it. Absolutely, and and those are just great, you know, great memories. So you know, gaming's awesome. Um. What what's what are we at time wise? We are at one oh eight. Okay. You got another one? Okay, one more thing and then I'm gonna leave it alone. All right, I'm gonna go sit on the couch. Yeah, ha ha. But no, so okay, if you've ever again listened to this, you hear no, one of my big things that makes me just incredibly irate is that whole finally role playing games are inclusive. No man, there were bad apples and bad actors through the years, but uh no man, you know, there there's the game itself by its nature or the way it was written did not disinclude any group or kind or person or whatever. Um, and then, but it kind of maybe in that vein or whatever, um, is I've, I've caught myself through the years at times being judgmental about playing with somebody that their style of play or what they would do or what they got out of it didn't line up with, with my way of doing things. But I'm proud of myself in that I've taken the time to take a step back and go, okay, everybody gets something different out of these games, more power to them. You know, I'm just glad they're here at the table. I'm glad they're gaming. Whereas me, I want to, this experience or that experience, they, they're desiring a different experience as long as we can kind of, you know, kind, kind of line up, you know what I mean? But uh, it's kind of like we've caught ourselves, uh, you know, lately where someone wants to play a game about cute little bunnies or whatever, something where we might kind of roll our eyes. But ultimately, if that's what people want to play or have fun with, I'm not going to judge them. Knock yourself out. Have fun. I mean, these games are about having fun. If you can get a table people to get together to play Bunny Foo Foo or whatever adventures, that's awesome. That's great. It's not my cup of tea, but you know what? I, I it's, So, again, it's about not being judgmental. You know, and I'm trying to be that guy. I don't be that old gamer grump, grognard, whatever. Hey, okay, boomer, you know, whatever uh, guy, you know. So anyway, it's just working on trying not to be a judgmental gamer, you know. That was that point of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very comfortable sit on the couch. <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, what what's your take on that? Or do you feel comfortable commenting on that or whatever? Mr. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it again? <laughs> Can you repeat everything you just said? Hell no. But being ju- not, not being judgmental with people, their play styles. Well, okay, case in point. 
Uh-oh. I, I sent you an image of the new Strixian source Uh-oh. book for 5th edition D&D where it's basically, as far as I can tell, I haven't oh, dug into it. Oh, is that the college? But it's where it's like Harry Potter. College Adventures. It's basically Wizard College or something, Prom Night, and all the hijinks of being in Wizard's College or something like that. And part of me goes, ugh, I want to go kill monsters and take their loot, da-da-da-da. But if there's somebody that that's what they want to do with their D&D is play Harry Potter Magic Prom or whatever. Well, the other thing is... As I am, uh, as I will usually do, I'd probably say there is a much better system out there for you, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, but, I mean, you can use D&D for everything. I only need one system, and I can make everything work in it. Yeah. But if that's what you want to play, more power to you. But also, there's probably a better system to do it in. Yeah, but but and that's great. But, but ultimately, it's like... At do what first, you want to do. When I saw that, I was kind of like, ugh. But, but you got to remember, everything is not released for you. Right. With that, you as the intended that, and, audience. And, and that's what I'm saying is, you know what? If you want to have Wizard Prom, Harry Potter ripoff, whatever, knock yourself out. Go have fun with it. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to grow as a person. Oh. Look at this. A growth, you know, whatever. Not just that thing on my, my shoulder there, but haha. Um, but but anyway, no. The the So that's what I'm trying to get at is that I'm working towards not... Going, Ugh, you want to do what with with the game, man? Knock yourself out. Oh, but that's a half the fun. Let's <laughs> still tell other people how they're doing it wrong. I yeah. definitely reserve the right to roll my eyes when you tell me how you want to play your game, and and that's fine. As much as I want you to be able to play whatever you want to play, yeah. I want to be able to laugh behind your back too. There you go. Well, you know, ultimately, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, there's some of the things. But my perfect game is going to be the opposite of somebody else's perfect game. Right. So I know somebody. You know, you could tell them, when I play D&D, we go in there and we kill the monsters and we steal their shit. And they'll be like, ugh, yeah. that sounds awful. Oh, I want to explore my call. feelings. Ugh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. But, I, but like to I said, each their own. Yeah, I figured this out Kumbaya. quite a few years ago that people get something different out of this game. As long as everybody at the table is having fun and comfortable... And maybe you maybe you got to find your right table to do some of exactly. this stuff. You know, I mean, I know there's when back in the old LG days, I would try to role play, and I'm not talking about Shakespeare in the Park or some heavy role playing, but I just do a little light role playing. And there was a guy at the table was like, "You're making me uncomfortable," and I'm like, "No, this is a role playing game." But some people, that's not. They just want to literally. Which on the flip side of that, as I remember, we were doing one of our club games not terribly long ago, and there was one person that was coming in that was Shakespeare. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like read the room, dude. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was so weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so because you're the one person, you're the odd man out. Uh-huh. He would have to find that group that they all want to do that. And if they do, that's great, and have fun, and that's wonderful. Do what but you yeah. want to do. Exactly. As long as you're not doing anything really terrible. I mean, I'm not endorsing obviously, and that's why I shouldn't have to clarify. But I mean, yeah, if you're having fun, no one's uncomfortable. You're not doing anything that's generally. Socially unacceptable. I mean, you know, have fun, have a good time. That's great. F- find your niche, find your people, and do your thing. So that's where, like, initially I kind of made fun of that whole Strixhaven thing. But the more I thought about, it, I was like, you know what? If that somebody's, if that gets somebody into gaming, and they're having fun with that, man, knock yourself out. So I'm just letting you know that I'm, you know, yeah, because I remember uh, this one will be for TJ and Leela. But I remember one time they were talking about uh, their son never played. D&D or had no interest in, in role-playing games mm-hmm. and then he found a group and they would tell TJ like what their adventures were going to be or what they had done and he would just his eyes would roll out of his head because it's not the traditional D&D. This isn't your father's D&D. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure the kids roll their eyes at you and you roll your eyes at the kids, but the kids mm-hmm. are all right. Yeah. Yeah. You do your, you do yours and get in the group. Cause I mean, I, like you said, some groups it's going to be like, this is horrible. I hate playing in this group because of guy A or B or rule A, B. Yeah. Just find the right group. Just because you get in the wrong group to start with doesn't mean you should necessarily give up either. Yeah. You just don't have the right guys. If you want to be critical role, mm-hmm. keep going until you find that group of people. Mm-hmm. It's talking about sort of a funny little ironic aside real quick. In this vein, was Gary was the one that bought the Vampire the Masquerade book first. Gary. Out of our... You know, he look, seems like the guy that would play vampire. But here's the funny part, though, is if you have an, a night's play nowadays and you didn't touch a dice the whole night, he's going to be pissed off. But yet, this is the guy that ran out and bought the Masquerade Vampire. And that's a game where you might not touch a dice all night long in a session. But you could say the same thing about D&D. Well, yeah, I've I mean, done that with D&D games, too. Yeah. And some people are like, hooray. Yeah, so like if you have an investigative yeah, and you're like, oh, me as a person has put all this together. Mm-hmm. So my character kind of knows this mm-hmm. and you don't, you know, you're just like, we look how smart I am solving this, challenging my intellect instead of mm-hmm. I roll, I hit I roll, I hit. So there's yeah. people that'll love it and people that'll hate it. Oh, yeah. And I will like it one time in a month or something like that. I don't want to do it all the time, but I don't want to just sit here and Be roll and hit monsters all the time either. Mm-hmm. Vary like, it. You, you beat me too. Whereas like I used to love the LG, probably once per once or twice per season you would have those investigative mods and I enjoyed them had a lot of fun with them and I but I remember thinking sure I wouldn't want to play them all the time but yeah no I love breaking up the whole killing monsters and taking their loot thing you know I mean because if that's all you're doing there's video games you can go do that I want something more like some kind of interaction or something and no, no I mean so anyway but yeah so that was if anything was a topic that was kind of it was not being judgmental as a gamer and you know, whatever. Hmm. So, ta-da. Yep. The last 20 minutes brought to you by the Mad Gullet Group. My my random little thought there. All right. Well, hey, thank y'all for listening. We really appreciate y'all. I've missed y'all. Me too. And by the clock on the wall, I can see we're all out of hit points. See ya.